Hello, this is your host, Drifting Cloud Press. And tonight we have a special guest, uh, Esther, and we'll be talking about alchemy, astrology, and poetry. But first, some music. Um, and that was a recommendation by Esther. But first and foremost, welcome, Esther. Thank you very much. Pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Um, and as always, we'll kick off the show with asking, um, how did you get, you know, what shape did you get here? And uh, mm. what brings you to this point of your life? In a very short snippet, if it can be condensed. Mm, I think the, the most recent one is probably the MA. Mm-hmm that you're doing right now. The poetics of <laughs> the imagination. The poetics of imagination. Yeah. Yeah, and a little bit further back is probably the school of myth, where I've learned a little bit about the the language of images, mm. if you wish. And even further back, what got me to the school of myth is basically just finding my way um, and my honorable quest of courting astrology, in a okay. sense. And that's why I was got interested in images in the first place basically so you, you kind of you you were saying to me earlier that so astrology actually brought you to mm. alchemy and yeah 
Uh, yeah, astrology came very naturally. I studied with a woman for 10 years mm-hmm. without even knowing that astrology was my passion in a sense. It was mm. just something so close to my heart that I never really noticed it. I never mm-hmm. really realized that this is something that could become a path for me. Um, but then at some point it became my profession. And then I actually wanted to, once I got into it and I started doing it and I was working a lot with clients, then I realized I need to find a way, um, I need to learn the etiquette and the courtship to actually um, yeah, become a better human and a better astrologer mm. in a sense. So you were saying, um, before we, we kick into and, and dive into astrology, mm. um, that song uh, you said that had, had some uh, idea or about eldership. And I was it really does, fascinated by because that. The first, the first lines of the song, although they're in gypsy language, so I, I don't actually understand it, but I know that it, they first bring in the dancing, the dance of an elder. They talk about the dance of an elder and how that dance is sacred and how that dance has the power. Mm. And then only after they talk about eldership and they kind of leave you with that elder dancing in the middle of the circle, only after they talk about the sweetness of a kiss, mm. which I love. Yeah, and you see in that, that framing of it, first the elder and then mm. sort of like a, a reversal almost. Yeah. And it's, I was fascinated by, you know, what, what it means, um, you know, eldership and, uh, you know, what, what that... Uh, responsibility holds mm. you know and, and that you said you had a teacher and in many ways I would see you you know you put you've apprenticed uh, to something like astrology and you're I on have. your way to something like eldership yeah. although I didn't know that I was apprenticing which is the loveliest that's the sweetest in the, in mm. the whole equation because you didn't have to know I didn't have to know so how did you feel in relation to it did you have an idea of 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 what you were in relation to the subject or I knew just... I knew I had a love affair mm. with astrology that's all I knew I'm literally the kid who would um, search like you know a google on her phone under the blanket yeah. after after the lamps turned down and the lights went down <laughs> but I didn't actually know that this is something that would become kind of my service of the mystery mm. yeah that's beautiful so in service to the mystery yeah. yeah, because as someone, um, sort of as a, uh, a precursor to the show, I was kind of, I, I was I was just like, I don't know anything about alchemy. Mm. And often when it's brought up in conversation and, and yeah. these things, I, I, I'm often quite, um, I, d- I don't feel ready to, to bring it in <laughs> into my cosmology <laughs> um, and can be quite, yeah, um, sort of, just you know, careful careful yeah. around it but mm. i feel like you're 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 a beautiful person to delve into this subject <laughs> and uh for all the listeners out there as well I, i'm really looking forward to, to deep diving into it that song um, was actually a good start because in a sense alchemy is about first the responsibility and the eldership learning to deal with that um mm. and only then realizing where the gold is or finding the gold so making gold from lead mm. in a sense from from the the edges and the eldership once someone can become an elder that's when you can find the real gold yeah so sense. talk about that thing um bringing it from the edges you were talking mm. about 
well, I can't remember whether it was astrology or alchemy, but that bringing from the edge of the, the universe to the center. I think we were talking about how astrology and alchemy relates. Mm. And I guess um, the line of the planets, in a sense, in astrology, um, also describe the cosmic journey that the alchemists talk about most of the time. So mm -hmm. the whole metaphor of coming from the edge of the universe, which is the Pluto of Saturn, um, the planet Saturn, sorry. And Saturn is usually associated with um, the blackening, the nigredo, something that is hard, something that is difficult, something that actually tests your soul. Mm -hmm. And then if you can find your responsibility and your work and you can face up and show up to the quest, then you can find a way from the edge of the universe, from Pluto, you can actually enter closer to the sun, which is, in essence, the, the same metaphor or the same symbol for the gold that the alchemists are looking for. Mm. So that journey outward mm. to the edge. From the edge. From the edge. So you actually the are, you of start the from the edge. Yeah. Okay, so it's, you never actually journey out, it's already at the edge. I think, I think we enter from the edge, according to um, alchemy, Okay, so we enter from the edge and then we work towards mm. the center. Yes, the planet Saturn is associated with lead. Mm. So when the astrologers or the alchemist um, tries to make gold from lead, essentially we enter to the equation from the very edge of the universe. Wow. And then what is required of an alchemist is to find a way through all the planets, essentially, to bring that far edgy intelligence back into the center, integrated into the sun's shining, glowing consciousness in a way. Because mm -hmm. otherwise it can remain, you know, yeah, mm. as you say, ungrounded and heavenly. Yeah. As you said that um, on the walk we were doing and, and then to bring that in and to, to ground that is, mm -hmm. is part of, cause yeah. for, for me, I mean, so alchemy, just for those that are listening, um, it's sort of, it's like a precursor to the sciences, right? It's, it is, yeah. It's experiential and, and yeah. an empirical way of, of learning. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, everyone uh, was doing it. You know, there was no um, committee of alchemists. Yeah. It was all like individual, <laughs> lone, you know, lone, lone nutters on, on the edge guild, of the village. A guild of alchemists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so what they came up with was, you know, in and of itself, just... Um, a, like a hermetically sealed language, for, but mm -hmm. it was never necessarily shared. Like there was a lot of secrecy within, yeah. al within alchemy. Um, and, and I find that fascinating because, you know, you, you bring in language of Saturn and Pluto and, so, and it, for some people to listen to that, it can mm. be like, okay, no, I, I, mm. this, is, this is too, too cosmic. Yeah. But actually it's just a, a really important to emphasize the, the metaphorical language exactly. of, of this and um, that these are just ways of um, creating a constellation mm. around an, a way of thinking. That's how I, I relate to it anyway. I guess that's where poetry comes into the picture. Yeah, right. So if, you, if someone has a poetic ear and is not too stuck on details mm -hmm. and names of planets, mm -hmm. but has, a, has an ear that can tune in to the, the mythic images that both astrology and alchemy use, mm -hmm then somehow this very old tradition or this very of astrology or this quite ancient art mm -hmm. that is alchemy that can become relevant in the here and now yeah that's that, yeah, that's really 
really beautiful because um, it feels actually poignant to talk about the you know the, that first song which is about eldership mm. and I was I was watching a video by Joseph Campbell and he talked about um, in Papua New Guinea mm-hmm. to become an adult as the ceremony um, so as as the kid as the child's growing up they have ceremonies throughout the year um, where the adults wear masks mm-hmm. and the child uh, learns to fear the these masked people and um eventually there's a time in the child's life and i i don't know the the age but um when they have to fight one of the masked men or women oh. and just at the end uh, i i i imagine in, uh, that it's quite theatrical but it uh, they allow the 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 child to win mm-hmm. uh, the fight and right at the end, the adult pulls off their mask and plants it Ooh. on the child's face. Ooh. And in that moment, it's it's said that they become an adult because they see not only the literal face of their culture, mm-hmm. but they see the to the metaphor behind it. Mm. And so then they, you know, they are appreciative of the powers that the culture is giving them. Mm. But it's also that you don't take it for literal fact you know yeah. like the stock market yeah and yeah. so this language of 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 um alchemy and astrology and poetry i feel like those three you know it can it can sound so like verbose and 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 so unearthed but when you see behind the literal face of the metaphor they use the same um associative language of images actually mm. all of them they're like the nervous system Okay, so what what language does astrology share that um, alchemy shares, for example? Is I think we forget this, but in the old days, it wasn't everything science-based. So when you said the sun, everybody thought of the king, everybody thought of the, the, the brightness, the light, everybody thought of um, essentially the gold. So that it's a personified... So there's, there's, a, there's almost like a group of images that that were entangled and you couldn't really just mention one image mm-hmm. separately and isolated as we do today. Mm. And I think there was a an archetypical, the imaginal was a bit more present maybe, the, the imaginal was a bit more closer to people. Mm. And I feel when we say the imaginal, I think we, we talk about the, the collective imagination of the people. It was not so associated from us right so you were saying that that and during that i mean how let's we i guess we have to frame mm. the era <laughs> i mean i'm thought i'm talking about well i'm talking about medieval times okay. so just because astrology and alchemy are usually mentioned as brother and sister yeah to each other yeah um and i guess an alchemist knows about the planets an astrologer knows about the alchemical task and in a sense um you can't mention a planet or in an, an, an the name of a planet mm-hmm. without actually summoning um, almost five different archetypical images at the same time. Right, okay. So yeah, that's that's beautiful. So there's just like a multi, mm-hmm. multifarious way of looking at things. And yeah. It's all held within like a web of context. Yeah, and there's there's a bit more of a containment because there's not just one image that you need to think about Mm -hmm. but there is almost the the web of images right in a sense 
yeah. creates a net that contains your experience and it or the alchemical quest, whichever. But then you are not stuck in only trying to understand one specific image that for some reason is important to you. Mm. So have you ever used um, like alchemy or things like that to study dreams? I know it's very mm. heavily related. It's but. funny because I was just suggested yesterday that I should take a bit more look at my dreams and start taking them a bit more seriously. The well, I guess I haven't, mm. but I should. Because it just it, it kind of brought to mind, you know, when you look at a dream, it's like it has many faces, mm -hmm. you know, and if you take one... It's exactly that. You you know you you've lost the others. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's kind of like yeah, these sh these shimmering forms, and you know, as and as the day grows older, you kind of can pick one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. and, but they're all true in some way. Yeah, and how can they live next to each other? Mm. And how all these images or archetypical um, images that we mentioned just now, how they actually relate and how they create culture and cosmos around us is what is interesting to me. Oh, okay well this is a good <laughs> we've, we've certainly warmed up and <laughs> so this this next song is is by the same artist um the english translation is she is the one is there anything mm. you'd like to say about that about this song this is one of my favorite ones that's the only thing i'm gonna add well there we are <laughs> that's all we need to know isn't <laughs>
that was the same artist and the drum and Esther, a translator extraordinaire, was, was <laughs> telling me about what the song lyrics were and they, the synchronicity of it. Please, please say. What well, it, we just started talking about dreams, didn't we? Yeah. And basically the song, the Hungarian part of the song says, I dreamt that the devil entered my dream last night. Yeah, wow. <laughs> there we go. So alchemy is already imbued within the playlist. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, Esther has actually crafted a question that I can ask... <laughs> Uh, so this is this is great um, collaboration going on the radio, um, but I I, ho- I hope I can get it right. So it's um, you you're gonna have to remind me. It has got to come from your from your mouth. I guess because we were talking a lot about how does astrology and alchemy relate, mm. and I think the the right question at the moment is how does astrology become an alchemical task. Perfect. Please. Should I answer my own question? (laughs) Please please go ahead. Um, Yeah, I think many people have this image of astrology of being a future-telling kind of oracle tradition. Mm -hmm. And as much as I think it has that element, and it actually feeds on a lot of, like in modern culture, that's that's one of the faces that we see from astrology. Mm -hmm. And we kind of cling to that future-telling aspect. But... um, I was telling it yesterday, and I kind of, I never really realized this before, but I think, to me, astrology is very much like poetry in a sense that is just the way of singing into the abyss, Mm -hmm. just like poetry does through praise and prayer. And it's not so much about um, what the future holds and getting that exact, but much more in naming the guest singing into the abyss and naming the guests who are knocking on the door of that abyss. Mm. And you don't really have to know um, the the exact details because we can never get the future right. Like it's beyond our imagination. That's the point of the future, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, But mm. you can describe the guest with the poetic language, with the language of images. And kind of um, so the, help people in a sense understand what comes to them, I guess. Right. Okay. So the guest is someone that is 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 arriving from the future. What is that? The guest is, in a sense, it's one aspect of the planets that we talk about. Mm-hmm. It's again that multi-faced, archetypal dimension, the mythic. Mm-hmm. where multiple truth exists and each planet in a sense in astrology has so many stories to tell and it, it kind of feels like when one enters into your life or when one brushes its feathers um, next to your skin that you have controversial stories coming from the same planets and you are kind of in this tension right so as often. they as they come around mm-hmm. the stories are you know, like uh, coming around. And Stories are dripping in. Right. To and through you. Mm-hmm. And I think the alchemy in it is how we respond to it, how we show up to the guests, how we show up to the planets and their energy that they bring to our lives. As an astrologer, you can never tell exactly what will happen with you. If I look at your charts, I know that you're a Taurus, say. But I, that doesn't mean anything. Right. How do you carry that Taurusness in you? How do you carry that stability, that abundance? How do you engage with the living world around you? Mm-hmm. 
that actually is what makes astrology into an alchemical path in a sense mm. so the in the way you talk about it it's actually um the present the present mm. moment is very important and that is exactly where the crossroads of the future begins exactly because if you only look into the future and you're only concerned with what astrology can tell you about the future then you are kind of missing that agency that you can find in the present moment yeah that is actually in your own hands yeah in response to the bigger mythic story that comes to you through these planets mm. yeah so that i can't remember who said it but it's uh the, the future is more of the past revealing itself mm. so it's that that so. idea that you're you know we also had a guest lecturer that all looked about you know like this the, the, the history of yesterday mm-hmm. and that's what like um the weather uh, so like the met office is literally just recording yesterday mm-hmm. and that accumulation of data yeah. then allows them to predict what right or wrong it's, it's up to debate with the met, the met office but yeah um that that allows them to predict what's going to happen is the same idea, I think, what you're talking about, what Henry Corbin calls um, sending out an angel ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we are, at the same time, if we are in the present moment, we are equally dreamers, creators, and walkers of the same path. Right. So we are dreaming the path, and at the same time, we are sending out from the present moment and from each step that we take, we are sending out angels ahead of ourselves that we are later meet throughout mm-hmm. the journey mm-hmm. and they come as consequence they come as you know great fated moments but actually we are the ones who are dreaming them into existence and sending them out ahead of ourselves mm. and i think astrology is basically just that language with which we learn to, to synchronize the dream the step and the maybe that what the angel is about to tell us mm, that yeah that's this that triad of mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, because I, I, I can't remember who I was talking to it with, but I, I hadn't really sort of thought of deja vu in this way. But, you know, when de- deja vu is that kind of feeling of like you're matching up mm-hmm. with where you actually need to be. Exactly. And it's like you're you're having like this feeling of like you've been here before, but yeah. n- you've never actually been there. But usually my deja vu is coming through dreams again. They come through dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So you get deja vu in, in your so sleep. So I, I, I dream an image yeah and then years later i get the exact image revealing itself to me through physical experience and then i realize oh my god this was that dream two years ago but also it's because it's an important image it's kind of embedded roots itself yeah. in you yeah at the time but you forget it like as you know as two years go go by oh wow that's yeah and uh, I'm, i mean i'm fascinated by because my my kind of way into you know astrology and alchemy mm. and you know it's through chinese myth and and mm. there the veil of um you know dream and and waking or the veil of sort of you know ghosts and things like that is is never there's not that sort of separation that we see in the west yeah it's like part of this and and what is dream what is waking mm-hmm. you know you need you need both yeah and and that that idea that you can have yeah deja vu and maybe i mean we spend half of our lives asleep right yeah and said so that's a fast i've never i don't think i've ever experienced deja vu in sleep and then experienced it awake but i, I can 
completely see how that could happen. I had an interesting dream once that stayed with me and it still is with me. And it's probably the most cosmic dream I've ever had. It's basically me seeing um, an, a black panther mm-hmm. sleeping in the darkness. There's only like cosmic darkness everywhere. And there's a black panther sleeping. And I know as I'm looking at that image that the panther is the one that is dreaming me and I'm dreaming the panther. And then when I wake up, I won't know if I'm just a dream of that animal or yeah. or what. And there's this moment when it, it wakes up and you know how cats have this very inquisitive look mm-hmm. on their face. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they, they just have this pure attention and there's something about the quality of attention in the present moment that defines that dream. Mm. I still don't know what, what it means, mm. but it kind of claimed me. Yeah, and that, is that, have you ever had that uh, dream again or is it just no. that one time? Just it one just time. But stayed I think, in your psyche. Yeah. yeah, for a lifetime. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow, that's, yeah, well, well, I mean, we, we can't go on into that on this show. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, so dreams and, and, and alchemy. And I, I heard Tom Cheatham say that Alchemy is a subset language of poetry, mm-hmm. and the the you know dreams is is similar to that, right? Isn't I mean, it? It's dreams is essentially poetic language in it's poetic, in images. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're it's like pared down, and mm. you're going it's your through psych- images. I I think of dreams as the psyche's poetry, mm. and yeah. most of my poetry sometimes comes from the images that stay with me and linger with me, even after waking. So how does uh, astrology, have you ever uh, fit into that, into Mm. dream? Well, I guess you could say that how the planets communicate with you is essentially through dreams as well. So a dream is often, like often has very specifically one or two characteristic planet that it can be um, traced back to. Mm -hmm. So... um, but it's always a bit of a, a tussle to find out which one, because dreams are so ephemeral, yeah. they're so short, and and the images are so compact that you can you can kind of find new threads and and new threads and new threads, and it and you you just have a spider web of images at the end mm. or associations. So it's not. That's why that's why I think poetry is important because poetry teaches you not to not to fix things, right? Not right. to not to use a metaphor is to open things up. Mm-hmm. To to think beyond your imagination mm-hmm. and not to just root things into one single image. Yeah, and then it's lost, it's transfixed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well yeah, when we transfix we we've lost the mm-hmm. point. Because um, you mentioned Henry Corbin and uh, that idea, you know, is he he talks about idols and icons. I think yes. I spoke about this on a previous show, but uh, um, an idol is something that is hard and you can't, you know, mm-hmm. transmutable fact. Yeah. And you can't see through it. And an icon is an idol that you can see through, mm-hmm. and it, you can see the different faces. And yeah, because I'm always amazed, like, of of dreams and how. Um, you know they're like windows into time but that they they also have like they feel like bodily experiences to me mm-hmm. and it's and and poetry too i mm-hmm. i know that alice always you know talks about how 
you know, you, you know, should only you know, write poetry to keep something else, mm-hmm. you know, swimming or singing yeah. or flying. Yeah. And but with dreams, like you wake up and sometimes it's like it like colors the whole day. Yes, it. it you know, is. you feel like yeah. you, you, that whole day is like in in that spectrum of that dream. Mm. But in a sense, alchemy again to to just think back a little bit. Mm. Alchemy is actually that quest of bringing this almost dreamlike, otherworldly um, message mm-hmm. or or image into a physical body, isn't it? Right, yeah. So from, from a very far away, distant place, because Saturn, if you think about it, is the, the far distant edge of the universe, mm-hmm. from this otherworldly place, how to bring that and integrate it into the center of our being. Mm. And that being, being very physical, very, the sun in astrology is also um, your complete being. It's your physical, your soul, your emotional, your mental, it's everything at the same time. Right. Okay, so light and shadow and everything. It's like like James Hillman's idea of the, the soul seed. You have, everyone has a soul spark or a soul seed, but then the... The task or the quest is usually to bring that in to a human form. Right. Yes, yeah, so it has to come into... It has to come into... It comes through a mythic um, journey, in a sense. Mm-hmm. But that mythic journey kind of has to narrow into something that is matter and flesh. Mm. And then obviously there, there comes, as we talked about it before, there comes your agency. Mm-hmm. How do you carry that soul seed? Mm-hmm. Not just what your soul seed is. It could be, you know, you have a wonderful singing voice. Mm-hmm. But how can you become um, ready to carry it? How do you become able to carry it through your whole life? I think that's the bigger question. That's a, that's a big question indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just before we break, it's 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 worth saying actually that um, it's it's so easy for this kind of conversation and language to get ephemeral and mm-hmm. not to become you know flesh. Yeah. Uh, and I just I, I I feel part of my agency uh, is to uh, like to bring things back mm-hmm. to earth and actually create more like of a bodily experience. You know, what's the point mm-hmm. of writing poetry if you don't go out and experience it mm-hmm. you know otherwise it just becomes uh you know mental mental words work. scattered in the air um, yeah but I, I feel like after this next song i'll be asking you esther what what your agency is um <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh first we have uh i hope you could pronounce it for me esther is it goron uh Sanfare where where is where's this band from I think they are Romanian. Romanian. Okay, so we're we're sort of exploring more like Eastern Europe now, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we uh, we'll play that up next.
Okay, so that was um, Goran Bregovic, and we actually found out that he was from Bosnia. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as um, Esther was was saying, actually, whilst we were playing that music, is there was a there was a war, and because mm-hmm. of the one of the, the first questions on Google was, is he Serbian? Yeah, um, but I mean that part of Eastern Europe was once one country. Yeah, so he's not in his youth anymore. Goran Bragovic and I think when he was at his best it was still a war going on I imagine so and that's that song you said was um uh, one of his actually earlier works I think it's one of his earliest works if I'm not mistaken yes wow so he went from that church choir to the gypsy to the gypsy realm of yeah whiskey and a <laughs> bit of alcohol and and his music then becomes very much of celebration mm. and and somehow also the celebration and the, like the joy and the sorrow mm-hmm. that often characterizes the gypsy music joy and sorrow mm-hmm. yeah in equal measure hand in hand yeah they say yeah. that of irish music too i think that it's it has that mm-hmm. it has the joy and the sorrow all in all, all in together. one yeah um so we're talking a little bit about we talked a lot of a lot of, about a lot of things, <laughs> um, indeed. Um, but uh, yeah, what is um, what do you feel your agency is uh, mm-hmm. as someone who is studying, um, you know, apprenticing to alchemy, to to astrology, mm-hmm. um, poetry? What is the agency that it brings for you? I think because I have a very um, dreamlike background. As a child, I was very much in dream world all the time. I was a dreamer. I think my agency in this phase of life is almost to to ground things, to found, find that grounded energy mm-hmm. in me and through that fidelity to the heart, in a sense, of bringing all those stories that I have seen and I have experienced and I have loved as a child is that same experience almost feeding it into into a more a realistic form mm. and when I say realistic I don't really mean um, stripped from images I actually mean to feed matter with with images and to feed matter with the mystery mm-hmm. yeah mm. that's that's fascinating because uh there's a thing called process work and they they say that um, your childhood dreams or your mm-hmm. first childhood dream is mm-hmm. uh, one that's recurring or just like the earliest memory that you can think of in dream form Ooh. is is your work for the rest of your life. See, that's interesting because my first dream was to work with young kids and to be kind of like a therapist or someone like I was fascinated by psychology at the time. But... Um, I always imagined myself being a helper mm-hmm. in some shape or form. Yeah. And then after astrology and after a lot of like studies and everything, I kind of ended up now becoming a teaching assistant in a special needs school. And I feel that I'm I'm at the right place at the right time at the moment, you know, doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. Mm. But also 16 years ago when I had that dream I wasn't ready for the task. Now I am. And I needed that 16 year of kind of wandering around and dancing around the fire a little bit, not daring to step into the flames. And now I'm just in the middle of it. Wow. So that 
there's and that there's um I know in alchemy there's there's process right there's steps. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, could, you, could you just say a little bit about that? There's like a yeah, so the journey that you, you go through. Well, I I guess it's um, we might not have the time to go really deeply into it, but if you imagine each planet that comes along from from Saturn and that is in between Saturn and the Sun, each planet represents a step of um, finding integrity. Mm-hmm. Each represents a step of um, a more embodied human experience. And so in mythology, these are the gods, you know, that appear as, um, yeah, the planets in a sense. Mm-hmm. Would Could you say where you are on that? Oh, that's on that interesting. Oh, I think my last three years was pretty much um, getting to know Lord Saturn, so the very edge. And I think so. I'm, sorry, Saturn's the right at the edge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and right now, I think I'm tr- I'm just discovering the next step, which is a bit more of a um, the kindness and the no- nobility. Mm-hmm. that comes after the hardship in a sense mm. so after the losses and the the negrido negrido um the blackening of things where you get stripped to your bones then you start finding things in the darkness that really have value mm-hmm. and that's the next step usually that's called the path of jupiter the path of jupiter it's an expansion Essentially, I think culturally we are at the Jupiterian age with capitalism. It's, it's everything is about expansion. Mm-hmm. But we don't really dare to step through the threshold. We don't really dare to embrace the strictness, the, the losses, you know, the, the consequence that expansion brings, which is Lord Saturn. Right, okay. Wow. So but can you, is, is it possible to... Um, how, I mean, how do you think of it in, in time? Do you think of it in a linear, like one, two, three, or is it like chronological, uh, you know, mm. cir- cir- cyclical? We do or? have, so in astrology, we do say that each planet represents kind of a phase of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think more of each experience being a ritual. Um, and in that ritual, each planet will have its right time and its right place. So it's almost like, if you start from the edge, then darkness and not knowing and hardship is necessary. And then from it, there is a there is a, a core value that will reveal itself that changes you, essentially makes you more worthy, essentially makes you more noble. And then after that, you come into a, an agency, you come into an action phase, you, you know what to do and you just do it. And then you are, after that, you enter into the realm of Earth, mm-hmm. that perfect balance, and then you go and make art, or you fall in love, or you find a softness, a gentleness, and when you can speak about that, that's when you can get the closest to the gold. But there's this is actually this is kind of a. I think every experience has different planets involved in it. 
So it doesn't have to be all seven of them, you know, at once. It would be a bit overwhelming if we had every seven planets working on you at the same time. That would be a bit too much, mm. one shoulder to bear. But the they can, can they happen? Can these things happen at different times? And mm-hmm. they 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 don't have to be like one done done. No. Out, the other is they can all. No, but what is the interesting thing is that when someone describes their experience, their very human experience, you can see the the mythic steps that are described through the language of the planets. Mm. And and it's quite a... So they're almost like containers. Mm-hmm. For me, it, it was a container because if I... When I, when I got to know um, the realm of the planets and the heavenly bodies, that I realized actually everything that I experienced is already written on the sky. There's a cosmic container. I'm not on my own, you know, I'm not just left to experience stuff and make sense of them on my own. I, there's actually a bigger vessel mm-hmm. that holds us. Yeah, and I think that that astrology has that amazing ability to open up mm-hmm. the, your periphery, really, and, mm-hmm. and be like, you know, we are actually like orbiting, you know, yeah. and, and things are, we are part of a much wider galaxy. I'm always fascinated when I can see the moon, mm-hmm. you know, in broad daylight, and I'm just like, we are on a planet. Yeah. You know, and it really yeah, yeah. feels that way. Mm. But I, I, I feel like some a misconception that I feel about astrology, or that I have, uh, I can speak for myself, mm-hmm. is that, you know, these phases. Um, so, like, if you're born in, uh, you know, Taurus or mm-hmm. you're an Aries, and it's like mm-hmm. you come with this sort of subset of qualities, oh. and 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 you know, or or. You know, to take it a step further in, in the micro stages of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, you're going through you're going through this period, and then this will be followed by that. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to clarify that's not the case, though, in, no. in the sense that it's changeable and it is put. There know. is no deterministic um, path in astrology. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, there's not one planet that we look at when we look at a chart. We look at each planet in its full expression and how they relate. And that is an endless constellation right. of story. Right. En- endless. Endless okay. constellation of story. Because, yeah. yeah, I think we don't know what is the edge of the universe. So we, right. we, we can't know how many stories can emerge from an interaction. Just like how you and I talk, mm-hmm. we had a few ideas what we're going to talk about and we talked about so much more, mm-hmm. didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's just just unraveling that present, and it just yeah. I think uh, as a respectful astrologer, mm-hmm. it is it is really important not to not to try and make things easier by naming them too soon and too early. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because that's my biggest fear mm-hmm. of astrology is when someone says okay you're born in in this time period and so that's what you are and whenever someone tells Mm. me what i am or uh you know i'm the first one to be like no one can tell you who you are yeah what what i can tell you is i can give you keys to the stories that you are working through and that work through you yeah and And like yeah i can't tell how will they interact but just having the language in mm-hmm. in and of itself is a really powerful tool to mm. give it, as you say, Imagine that mythic Imagine me context. talking to parts of you that you that never got addressed. Mm. 
all the stories that flow through you, all the stories that create you in this very moment need the need that courtship as well. It's not just a conscious mind. Yeah. It's also these mythic threads. Mm, yeah, and I, I think it's also with um you give you gave me this book, uh, uh. Raina Marie Rilke, uh, Letters to a Young Poet, mm-hmm. and you said you should just you know whenever you uh, open the book you should just flip through the pages and land on a page and that's what you read. Yeah. And it's similar to um, uh, what I what I I I don't use astrology but the I Ching. Yeah. And that that kind of puts you at the crossroads of a generative present. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that... It, it's just like a reflection, isn't it? And then it allows you to be like, okay, this is where I am. Exactly. Or it just gives you, yeah, it just gives you something to work with. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily like deterministic. No. And it's like, this is what it is. It's more yeah. like, oh, here's a little side glance. Does that ring true for you? Exactly. And, and maybe it doesn't, or maybe it does illuminate some part of you. What I love about the, the, the I Ching is that it describes more... The, the natural cycle than your own experience at the moment. Mm. And if you look at nature, you will understand yourself better. Essentially, yeah. I feel that's what the I Ching is talking about. Yeah. I, I, would, I would almost go as far to say that it's like, you know, the I Ching, astrology, um, from having a conversation with you, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you've really opened me up to like what astrology can be and I think as long as you you follow one way or another you know, it gives you the mythic narrative to explore mm-hmm. what everyone needs to explore just the journey of their life yeah and it doesn't I think if you get hooked up on whether you're an astrologist or you're a Chinese philosopher <laughs> it, you know it doesn't matter you know I, I think no. it's, they're all guiding to the same they're all pointing to the same importance that we need to have a conversation with the mystery mm. because unless we have that we forget what it is to be human. And yeah, it's the toolkit. It's exactly. a toolkit for that. It's an etiquette, basically, to to be in conversation with the mystery. Yeah, that's that. I I feel like if if I've taken anything from this conversation, <laughs> that that is just a, a humdinger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of a, so we're we're coming we're coming to the end here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll play one one more song, and. Uh, well, we, I think we'll play Sat, um, which is by uh, an orchestra. And, well, yeah, the music speaks for itself. It's outrageous. But we'll, we'll play that next. <laughs> <one>. <laughs>
Okay, that was Boban Markovic and uh, Sat. If you want to listen to more of their music, it's it's, it's just a wondrous tale of trumpets and uh, high energy. Um, but Esther said that she has one question for me um, as we close. Well, I wanted to ask, um, where in your own life do you feel like you accomplished the alchemical task of making gold from lead? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you ask that question, it changes in form. Okay. Um, but I, I think, first and foremost, the alchemical work is always an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I couldn't pinpoint one time when I, uh, I couldn't transfix it in one moment that I had reached mm -hmm. it. But I, I feel like, you know, when you hear good music and you get that spine tingle up, yeah. up and you're kind of like, oh, I'm listening to something good here. I think we had a couple of those moments today. Yeah, yeah, and it's just that, I think, I, I trust that, the heat of um, something. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. once I, I feel the sensation of like, oh, I'm heating up in excitement, mm -hmm. I, follow, I try and follow that and I feel like that's when I'm most successful in creating... Um, gold, or, or gold. That, you, that you say and uh, we have that all in us and I think in this moment in time I'm really happy to just share or be in the process not be the, the lone um, mm. uh, alchemist that's working mm -hmm. um, with dark matter mm -hmm. and has cannot share his ideas mm. uh, and just being in dialogue with you, you know you and Everyone that's been on the show, uh, I think that's mm. that is in and of itself an, an alchemical process. It's true. You are kind of like the alchemist of the show, in terms of making, or picking out the gold and lifting the gold and its shining <laughs> consciousness. You know, from all the dark matter of images that we just threw into the pot. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I often feel like in these conversations, I don't know where. I am, mm -hmm. or where the guest is, I'm kind of lost in this, in, this <laughs> in, in the thread of it, but um, thank you for creating this heat with me, and um, mm. yeah, being daring enough to step into the abyss and <laughs> call forth a guest. Thank you very much. Yeah, and thank you for sharing your uh, beautiful translations of the songs, and we'll, we'll end with that. Um, we have We have one last minute, and we will finish with a song uh, from a Ukrainian band. Mm. Uh, I will not try and pronounce their name <laughs> for, for various reasons, but thank you and good night.